Whew. I, I knew that. I knew the video was going to be like 30 seconds, and I was like, uh-oh, that's not enough time to catch my breath. Whew. Guys, that was awesome. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in a hype session of worship. Yeah, give it up for the worship team. And really, when we, we're clapping for them right now, or right there, we're clapping, uh, clapping for what God's doing because we aren't singing for no reason. Um, so, yeah. Woo! We are in a four-week series on prayer, and this is it. This is the last week. This is the last week of a series called Circle Maker, and the whole goal of this series is that we would uh, be able to, to share a little bit about what uh, God has, has shared with us about uh, prayer and how uh, prayer matters, because uh, I think a lot of us might pray before we eat, before we go to bed, uh, when someone we know is sick, or if we uh, crammed for a test or didn't cram for a test and we're hurt, and we pray then. But like, really, what, what should our prayers look like? Why, why should we pray? What should we pray about? Uh, I've said this every week. You can learn about prayer in church. You can learn about prayer in small group. Next week at camp, you can learn about prayer. But you can only learn to pray by praying. That's why every single week in this series we've met and we've had prayer groups of some form at the end of service. We're going to do that again today. So if you hate that, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm a, you're, you got, look, expectation management is the key to happiness, and I've set the bar low if you hate that. So uh, brace yourself. It's coming. Uh, but look, some of you guys might get in a prayer circle, a uh, prayer huddle towards the end of the service, and you go, dude, I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what I'm supposed to pray about. And some of the best prayers are prayers that are like four words long, and they're like, uh, God... Uh, thank you. Amen. Look, if that's a prayer you've never prayed before out loud, then today maybe that's the prayer that you should take a step in. But none of us are such beginners that we cannot uh, start praying, and none of us are, are such experts that we cannot grow in prayer. Jesus tells us that we should always pray and never give up. We're going to dig into that passage. I, I kind of led into the series four weeks ago um, saying, hey, we should always pray and never give up. Always pray and never give up. Always pray and never give up. Hey, and I, I think you should never take one verse in Scripture and look at it outside of context. You should learn uh, the passage, what it's, what it's all about. And today, we are going to talk more about that passage as well as some others. Um, look, I'm, I'm not going to lie. We're going to spend some time in the Bible today. We're going to spend some time. I was like, man, if we're going to be teaching on prayer, maybe we should go to the, the guys who know the most. Uh, I'd say that comes from the Bible. But look, we, we should always pray and never give up. I know Jesus says that in Luke chapter 18, always pray and never give up. And he's painting this picture that we should give God our hopes, our dreams, uh, our goals, whatever. And we should pray, pray that God would give us those things. Always pray and never give up. God answers prayer in several ways. He says yes, he says no, and sometimes he says wait. Sometimes that's the most frustrating answer to our prayers. But even when he says, wait, you should always pray and never give up. If you don't remember a single other thing from what I talk about today, remember to always pray and never give up. Uh, last week, we, we taught out of John chapter 15. And uh, this is Jesus with his disciples kind of for the last time. And, and he was talking with them. Now, like I said this last week, uh, imagine your final moments in life. You just have a, a few hours left with your best friends. What would you talk about? You would talk about what mattered most. And Jesus talked about prayer over and over and over again in John chapter 15. Because he knew as, as the disciples had success in prayer, that the church would have success. After Jesus uh, died and was buried and 
rose again and ascended into heaven, he said, pray and you'll prevail. What would it look like if we prevailed, if we succeeded in prayer? How would you pray if nothing happened in your life except by prayer? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that change the way you, you prayed if nothing in your life happened except through prayer? Something I loved about being in Mexico is they just kept talking over and over and over again. Every single thing that happened, every victory that they experienced, they prayed a bunch before it happened, and that was an answer to prayer. Uh, famous theologian John Wesley, he said this, God does nothing but by prayer and everything with it. God does nothing, basically nothing except for when you pray. And when you pray, that's, that's when he does everything. So we're in John chapter 15. Um, I'm just going to read it real quick because we're going to be in a ton of scripture today. And it's going to be so good. John chapter 15 verses 1 through 8. Jesus says this, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts every, off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Skipping ahead, it says, abide in me as I also abide in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must abide in the vine, must remain in the vine. No one can bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, then you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Hear the repetition. He's saying the same things over and over again. He says, uh, if you do not abide in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Not great. Thrown outside into the fire that is Arizona. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. It will be done for you. This to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So John 15, it's the the last conversation that he has with the disciples. And listen to what he says. He says two things. He says, one, abide in me and you'll produce fruit. And number two, if you abide in me, you can ask anything in my name and it will be given to you. So we're going to talk about that second thing. Last week we talked about abiding prayer, and that, that's this, God, I, I need you. I need to be near to you. Uh, our, the goal of abiding prayer is, is relationship. It's all, uh, we, we chase nearness to God to become more like God. That's that abiding. We, we gave out empty cups, and we said when you go to pray, an abiding prayer, you take an empty cup and you say, God, I am this empty cup. I have nothing. I need you to fill me up. So that's step one, is abiding prayer. Today we're going to be talking about asking prayer. And this is the most mind-blowing thing I've ever heard in the Bible. Okay? This is, this, my whole world just explodes when I'm, I'm thinking about this, when I'm praying about it, when I'm learning about it. So abiding prayer was all about the relationship. Asking prayer is about the result. It's uh, one of the blanks in your notes. Uh, it says this, it says, asking prayer is about results. The goal of asking prayer is to get results. His results, results, results oriented. It's not enough during asking prayer to say, hey God, this is what I'm asking, but, but do your thing, God. Do your thing, God. I'm like, what? That doesn't sound right, does not Is anyone else like going, eh, I don't think that's what it says, Matt. I don't think that's how the Bible says uh, prayer should be. It's also, uh, you might have missed one of the blanks that says, uh, to Jesus, nothing was more important than prayer. If you guys are OCD, and you're like, what the heck, how did we miss a blank? To Jesus, nothing was more important than prayer. And then the goal of asking prayer is to get results. James chapter 5, 16 says uh, that the, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Powerful. Our prayer is powerful. What would change in your life and the way that you prayed if you actually thought you could make a difference by the prayers you prayed? What would change? Look, asking prayer, it invites us to live beyond ourselves. 
The, this whole idea of asking prayer is that, all right, here's, here's what I can do by myself. I'm capped out right here. I got a level cap on my life, and I'm never, I'm never going to break this. But what I think I'm supposed to do is up here. So you're saying, God, do this for me. Do this in me. Use me for this. Asking prayer invites us to live beyond ourselves. This is why we talk about, uh, I, I say it all the time, one of my favorite verses is Ephesians 3.20. Uh, the, uh, God is going to do immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine. What I'm talking about there is, is prayer taking you to the next level. Prayer is the key that unlocks the great plans God has for you. Prayer is the key that unlocks the great plans that God has for you. This sermon is super uncomfortable to me because it's really crazy that something I say could have an effect on God. Think about that for a second. If you said something and that affected God, isn't that weird? Doesn't that sound wrong? My whole life as a Christian, until I was, uh, until, until I was like 23, this is how I prayed. I, I, it was super easy for me to pray the abiding prayer to God. God, your will, just do whatever you want to do, God. Whatever you want to do, God, whatever you want to do. Like, that was the easy prayer for me because I'm like, he's God. What could I possibly have to, to offer that? And then I started studying prayer, and I learned more about prayer, and I realized this is not how they tell us to pray. The goal of asking prayer is to get results. Asking prayer keeps asking God until it prevails, until God gives you an answer. Some of you guys are going, man, that must be crazy. Let's go into to the scripture and, and hear what Jesus has to say about it. Luke chapter 11, I'm going to teach the first few verses, and you're going to be like, yeah, that's what I've heard my whole life. If you grew up in the church, if you've been coming for a while, you've probably heard the first part of this. And then uh, for some reason, every pastor you've ever uh, been with didn't preach on the second half of it, and you're going to be like, what, that's in there? All right, so here we go, Luke 11. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. Jesus modeled prayer for us. Jesus was fully man and fully God, yet he still prayed. So uh, I think it's important. Um, one day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. So, I mean, like, if you're going to go to a place and, like, ask about prayer advice, don't listen to me. Listen to Jesus. So this is what Jesus said. He said to them, when you pray, say, you might have heard this before, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. If you grew up in church, uh, you might have said, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And that was the end of the, the sermon on prayer. But that's not the end of the story. Jesus goes right from lead us not into, into temptation. Right after he says that, he says this. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend. He tells a story. Jesus likes to speak in parables and stories to help illustrate his point. And this is a crazy story. Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine is on a journey and they've come to me, but I have no food to offer them. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. Leave me alone. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he won't get up, and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Then right after that, you might have heard this passage if, if you're familiar with the Bible. Uh, verse 9, it says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. <laughs> what? What? I thought it was just that first part. 
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I thought that's how we were supposed to pray. Why do you keep going on and tell us this story? That's, so you got this friend, or this guy, and he's got a friend who came to him. Long journey, back in these times, we're talking like maybe months, the journey was. They show up, oh, finally, I'm at my destination. Bro, you don't have any food for me? You don't have anything? You get like a little yogurt situation? A little Greek yogurt? Because... Anyway, okay, and, and, and so they get there, and they go, hey, do you have any food for me? Oh, crap. Dude, I thought you were coming in next month. Okay, yeah, no, I totally got some food for you. Just take a seat on the couch real, real quick. Knock, 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 knock. Hey, uh, I know it's midnight, and you have a bunch of kids, and you're already in bed, but can you, uh, can you give me some bread or something, some Greek yogurt, some snacks, anything for my buddy? Someone knocked on my door. You want to know my reply to them knocking on my door? Nothing. I'm not getting up. I'm not getting out of bed. I'm already in bed. I'm already relaxed. That's why if you guys text me after a certain time, guess what happens? You get a text back from me in the morning because I'm in, I'm in bed. Please leave me alone. Uh, I'm asleep. We're relaxed. Ah. Knock, 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 knock. What do you want? Kids are already in bed. Go away. Knock, knock, knock. And then he says, not because they're buddies, not because they're good friends, not because he's a good guy. The guy's going to get up and give him the bread. Because of what? Because of his shameless audacity. <laughs> what? This, this uh, word that is used in Greek to, to describe shameless audacity, it's called anaidia, and it's only used once in the whole Bible. It's not used at any other point, which is pretty rare. Uh, to, to find something. And it's interesting because when you do a study on it, it actually reveals that it's a negative term. This isn't like because you're a good person and you were like, hey, you owe me and, and you, you, know, you should give this to me because I'm, a, I'm your best neighbor and I always lend. No, like literally because this person is annoying. I'm going to give it to you. Audacity is a, a rude term. Um, maybe your parents might have used it more, it's not really our, this generation, it's kind of an older generation, but like, if someone came up and said something to you, you might walk away and go, oh, the audacity to say something like that, it's, it's rude, it's obnoxious, it's ridiculous. Or, or maybe you can relate better to this, because all I do is show basketball videos, and you guys are like, stop showing basketball, I don't even like that. Uh, guys, have, have you ever, uh, maybe girls specifically, because I never had this experience until yesterday, but ha- have you ever, like, gone shopping, and, and you pick out that shoe the pair of shoes, you see them, they're on sale. You're like, oh, dang, those are my, my color. Those are my size. And you go to reach over, and you, like, pick it up and, like, maybe set it down for a second. Someone else comes up and swipes it, and they walk out. Has anyone ever had an experience like that? That's right. That's right. That's right. So yesterday, I needed some new kicks, all right? So the, the wife and I went shopping, and, and we're shoe shopping, and we were at this outlet that I'd never even seen before, and they had these awesome, ooh, mm, they were looking good, all right? And I was like, dang, these are only like, these are like half of what I would normally spend on a pair of shoes like this. Uh, yes, please. So I, I have kind of a weird size. I, I'm 13. There aren't a lot of 13s out there. And so I, uh, we have the shoes, and I, I go look at other ones, and Carlin is kind of holding them. She's spotting somebody. <laughs> giving them the eye. While they're on my feet, they're giving them the eye. Chill, bro. Chill. And it was this, this older gentleman got him under my arm 
And he says, hey, you're going you gonna to use those shoes? Yeah, I'm going to use the shoes. What do you, I don't hold shoes I don't want around my arm like this. If Carlin hadn't been watching out for him, that guy would have just come over him. Snap, snatch that up. And, and even like as we're going to checkout, he's still like watching us across the, the room. It was ridiculous. He had the audacity to think that he could take my shoes. Uh-uh. Audacity, it's, it's this. If you're wondering what audacity is, it's the willingness to take bold risks. The willingness to take bold risks. That's what audacity is. Surely that's the only time in the Bible it talks about that. Because there ain't no way that's real. Like, I never hear about that. I've been in church for a long time. I never hear that. Check out Luke 18. I'm going to read it for you. It's called the parable of the persistent widow. Not of the righteous widow. Not of, it, it's the persistent widow. Uh, this is Luke 18, verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge neither feared God nor cared what people taught. And, and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. Grant me justice. And for some time he refused. Listen, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God, I don't care what people think, uh, yet because the, this widow keeps bothering me, I will see she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Guys, this isn't some like weird paraphrase. This is the new international version. This is Jesus' words. He told the, the disciples, this wasn't just like some random story. This was, he told them this story so that they would always pray and never give up. Like this persistent widow, not, not because uh, of like, you know, he's worried about what people think or he cares about justice. <laughs> because this widow keeps bothering me. There's another translation that says, because of her incessant nagging. That's how we should pray. That's how we should pray. This is crazy. This is how Jesus says that we're supposed to pray. Look, it doesn't mean we turn God into our personal vending machine. There's some people that maybe take these verses and bend them that way, that we say, um, you know what, God, I'm, I'm kind of hoping for an A today on this test. I didn't study for it, but I'm going to pray, and you told me to, to beg. So like the whole morning, you just walk around going, give me an A, give me an A, give me an A, give me an A, give me an A. And you didn't do any work behind it, and, and you and God haven't had a good time. It's been a one-way conversation. you just telling God what you want. Uh, there was no abiding first. Because you got to remember, uh, if you abide in me, then you can ask anything in my name. But we have, we have to have that abiding first. Look, asking prayer is guided by abiding prayer. Asking prayer is guided by abiding prayer. If you're curious about it, uh, Troy, he's uh, going to be interning with me, and so that means he's working on the podcast, and we'll actually have it up to date, and you can hear last week's sermon uh, on iTunes, SV Students, Tempe, uh, all of our sermons. We'll get those archives caught up. But God is not our personal vending machine, but if we abide in Christ through that, we'll know how and what to ask for. But here's the deal. This is the, the bottom line for today, is that uh, abiding prayer is expressed through bold praying. Abiding, or asking prayer, my bad. Asking prayer is expressed through bold praying. Bold prayers. Not, okay, God, just do your thing. No, it's like, what? God has put a hope and a dream and, and something inside you, deep inside of you. And he's saying, ask for it, ask for it, ask for it. 
Look, there's something in this, this gap that we have with what God has called us to and where we can possibly reach on our own. And in that gap, we have to increase our desperation for God because we can't do this without God. We can't do, we're stuck here. Ephesians 3.20, God, he has great plans for you, more than you can ask or imagine, but you can't reach it on your own. So we're going to talk about a few things that are effective asking prayer right now. Effective asking prayer is characterized by begging, by insistence. Effective asking prayer is characterized by insistence, that nagging, that shameless audacity, bold risks. Sometimes when we pray, we we pray such general prayers that we wouldn't even know if God answered them in the first place. You ever thought about that? God's asking us, no, pray, have something. Look, he might say yes, he might say no, he might say wait, but he does say always pray and never give up, and this is how you should pray. Effective prayer, listen, is characterized by expectation. We have real expectation that God's going to do something. Uh, one of uh, my, my friends, he was in my wedding with me, uh, he has diabetes, and it's kind of the big joke. We always mess with them, like, dude, your pancreas is trash, like, stuff like that. I, I don't know why it's funny in that group. It's funny in that group, I promise. He started him, okay, so it's worth it. So, uh, but we always joke about his diabetes, and his uh, Instagram name is Diabetic Mike. Okay? That's, yeah, his name is Diabetic Mike, and you're like, because it's just funny. He just kind of plays along with it, like, Anytime you meet someone with diabetes, he does a Wilford Brimley impression. I have the diabetes. And, and it's just, it's a good time, all right? And uh, yeah, but, but then he started praying. Hey, God, you know what? God, heal my diabetes. It's like, whoa, dude, that's a crazy thing to pray. Like, why don't you, let's pray for something easy. Like, come on. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for my diabetes. A- an effective asking prayer is characterized by honest expectation. You see, the way that he prayed, he, he started praying every night. He didn't say, God, uh, heal my diabetes. He's, he started praying, thank you, God, for healing my diabetes. You're like, dang, bro, that's bold. Yeah. He changed his Instagram name because he got so, like, passionate about it. He changed his name to, to Diabetic Less Mike. <laughs> but, but, yeah, that, that is a, a sincere expectation, uh, expectation. Guys, I struggle with this. This is hard. I'm preaching to you because I'm preaching to myself here. Effective asking prayer is characterized by repetition. Repetition. Remember when we talked about grit? We talked about the difference between passion and zeal uh, a few months ago. Passion is going to lift up a big prayer to God one time. Maybe at camp you get excited about something. You say, God, I'm going to lift up this big prayer to you right now. And then you get home and then you don't anymore. That's passion. Zeal. Zeal is doing it over and over and over and over and saying, God, Thank you for healing my diabetes, even though it seems ridiculous. That, that audacity, that shameless audacity that's knocking on the door, our, our audacity to take a bold risk, to pray something big to God, that's knocking on the door. But it's our repetition, our zealous repetition that knocks the door down. If our audacity knocks on the door, our repetition knocks it down. Just some final thoughts. I just want to share with you guys some, some stories from the Bible where God doesn't answer like we would expect, like we would hope. Uh, David, King David, back in the Old Testament, uh, if you guys have ever heard uh, the story of King David and, and Bathsheba, 
And, and he sees a beautiful woman bathing on a roof, and he calls her over, and uh, there's adultery, and a child is born out of that sin. And the prophet of that time, Nathan, goes up to David and says, hey, that, that child is going to die. Because of your sin, that child is going to die. And, and David says, no, no, no. And he prays over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And the child still dies. Paul, it, he talks about a thorn that's in his side. And over and over again, he pleads with God to remove this thorn from his side. It's not a literal thorn. It's some, some sin struggle or some physical issue that Paul had. We don't know specifically what he's talking about. But he pleads with God over and over and over again, please remove this. And God says, no. My grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in your weakness. God doesn't always say yes. But I know this. He says, always pray and never give up. What, is, what bold prayer is God asking you to take a step in? Remember, we, we kind of talked the first week, if you were here, we talked about praying circles around something. What, what if you drew a circle in the sand and you said, God, I'm not moving until you do this. It might be something that's private. You don't, you don't have to share what that is. But my challenge to you is that in these prayer groups that we're about to do, that you would just take a step. Look, like, don't sit in your comfort zone all summer. Look, at summer, you're, you're going to go back, maybe do something cool for Father's Day or uh, chill, maybe watch Game 7, you know what's up. Uh, that, that's comfort zone stuff. Take a step out right now. If some of you guys are going to camp, pray that God would do something big at camp. Maybe you're struggling with some sin and you say, you know what, God, help, help camp be that week away where I can be set free fully, where I can take some good steps. Or, or maybe, maybe just someone in that group, maybe you've been praying for like a friend, somebody in here, like you come all the time and you don't know that many people. Maybe you have a connection with someone that's in this group right now. Don't just sit there and let the world come to you. God is saying, take bold risks. I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna do uh, some time in prayer, then we're gonna close with some worship. Uh, let's just pray for a moment. God, thank you for this pattern that you've set for us. God, I, I don't understand everything about prayer. I don't understand all the intricacies of, of who you are. You are a mighty God. You're bigger than me. And it seems kind of audacious that I would reach out to you and I would, I would say, hey, God, do this. But that's how you tell us to pray. And you say, I might say yes, I might say no, I might say wait, but, but always pray and never give up. So God, help us to take a step forward in our audacity and take a bold risk this morning. We ask these things in your name. Amen.